Adrian Trimboli, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you, sir. Lovely to be here. No, thank you. I'm um I'm super excited to talk to the listeners with you. What you and I have had a couple of catch ups. Our first catch up, we walked around um, like what was my typical walking spot turned into be like your old or like a year old work walking spot, which we walked around together, which I love. And then ever since we've been like going out for dinners and catching up and everything, mate. So um yeah, I'm super excited to talk to the listeners and we'll talk to you and share your story with the listeners. But how's things been? Very good. Very good. Just off air, I said it's been a challenging week, but an awesome day. Yeah, um, one thing I really love about you is like how open you are with everything. Like you um like occasionally you do like a Facebook post or a Facebook video or whatever, and like you're so open about where you're at and how you're feeling and all that sort of stuff. Where where does that stem from? Is it just like a, a it's just good to be like transparent with everyone? Yeah. It's funny, I, I, I caught up with a buyer's agent today, someone starting out their journey and she was looking at me and thinking, oh, you know, you're, you're there, you're, you know, you've got 10 staff members and you're, you're doing it. And I said, don't get it twisted. It, it, I would sometimes, a lot of the times, I'd rather be exactly where you are, starting out by yourself um, because so many challenges with this stuff and it's all bullshit that, you know, I've got it all worked out. I'm not even close. I'm not even remotely close to getting it all worked out. Sure, we've done okay with business, but it's stressful. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where it comes from. Um, it's humility and it's, yeah, it's being just very, very raw and very, very honest. Um, but I don't know where it comes from, if I'm being honest with you. I journal a lot, maybe there. Nah, it's it's good. I, I like it. It's, um... I think people resonate a whole lot with it as well because everyone has their own like daily struggles and like not that you post something every day that's a daily struggle, but like you're just real about it and real about what's going on in the time and the moment. So um, yeah, it's super good, man. And I think it helps a lot of, it helps everyone else who like doesn't express that and like pretends everything's all good just because that's such a typical thing that we all do is pretend everything's great and like, yeah, life's great. And um just being open and honest and everyone's like, yeah, today was tough or this week was tough, but like had a good day today or whatever it is. So nah, it's awesome. Keep it up. I love it. Um, on to the actual property side of things. So tell us a little bit about your personal journey. Cause I've been fortunate enough to hear a bit about your story and your journey into getting into your first property and like sort of where you are today, but what, what got you in at the start and what's kept you going and, and how's that journey looked? My beautiful mother, my beautiful mother um, had the intelligent idea of telling my brother and I who we were just gearing up before schoolies at 18 years old and said, <laughs> boys, you should use your money that you've saved up over high school and go buy a property. We all bought that property together and that was my first ever property. Now, that was also, I love my mother, the worst performing property of my entire portfolio. So we recently just sold that property. Uh, 10 years later, and it grew by $10,000 in 10 years. Oh. Uh, a great little property in Brunswick, uh, Melbourne. Um, but that was my first property. And since then, I've made it, I've made it so many, so many, so many mistakes. Um, and obviously some really, you know, awesome decisions as well. So now, you know, I sit with a really healthy portfolio, six properties, um, just about to buy a few more. But it's the mistakes, which is, yeah, I'm sure we'll touch on it. It's kind of led me to going down this route yeah yeah totally and i think 
I was just chatting about this with someone beforehand. It's like, it's all about, like, I think if you can learn big mistakes from other people and avoid them, that's a great thing. And I'm all for learning from other people's mistakes, but it's not until you actually go through a bit of pain yourself where you go, okay, like probably don't want to make another mistake like this again and try and avoid it if I can. And if, if something similar happens or if I'm in the same situation, um, I'll try and avoid it. But yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And it's, and it's good that you, it sucks that you've been through a mistake and it sucks that you've made some mistakes, but at the same time, you can help others avoid those mistakes as you start to go through the process. Um, and do you think like, obviously from, and number one, you're such a wog, thanks to my mom. <laughs> and I love walks because my wife is a wog and I love like the whole family dynamic. It's like the best thing in the world. Um, but how, like from that starting property and now getting to six, do you feel like your philosophy has changed along that process? And, and how do you, what, what would you feel like your philosophy is like today? What, what was the last bit of that question? Sorry. Like, has your philosophy changed since you started? Like, what like what have you learned along that journey? And, and if you were to start, like, building a portfolio or um, helping someone build a portfolio, what would that philosophy look like from today? Mm, yeah. Um, my philosophy has changed dramatically. Um, I think the biggest thing and something that we kind of preach in the business that we run is look outside of your neighbourhood. So we grew up in Coburg, we bought in Brunswick, the neighbouring suburb, just because, oh, we know that market, which is just bonkers. Um, treat it like a business and not take out the egotistical thing of I bought a property, just to say I bought a property. Um, and then probably the last thing is like don't listen to people. I mean, and this is kind of can go to life, but more so in property don't listen to someone who's got one or two properties if you don't want to have one or two properties. My entire life, I've always wanted 10, 15, 20 properties, but I've been listening to people who either don't have properties or bought properties in the 60s. Um, so, yeah. I mean, my philosophy, obviously, we've got a very specific philosophy now, but those are kind of the things that I would have told myself. I wish I told myself starting out, and that's kind of what I do tell myself and what I kind of live by now. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's great, mate. And um, I'm I'm sure you've learned so much on, on the journey. If you if you did have that opportunity to go back to your younger self, what what would it be? Is just buy outside of your, your your backyard because it's it's something that a lot of people have got to get stuck into. Um, you know, they they sort of know the area, and as you say, like want to buy a property for the sake of buying a property. Everyone talks about property, you know, it's a barbecue conversation as Australians, we're absolutely obsessed with property. And you're right, it's kind of like, I just want to buy for the sake of buying, but not all property performs the same. So if you had that opportunity to go back and tell yourself something when you first started, what would it be? It's probably going to sound biased, but I wished I used a professional to assist me when I was 18 years old. Um, you know, I usually tell that story of, oh, I sold the property 10 years later for $10,000 more. And people's reaction to that is, oh, like you made 10 grand. Like that's, that's. I now look at it and I go, I lost, I've lost $600,000 just on that one deal. Yeah. Um, so I wish I used a professional. I mean, what I would probably tell myself is you know, don't listen to parents or friends who don't have, Shit, if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. You are. Uh, thank you. I'll just go like a sailor. Uh, I wouldn't have buy an apartment, so I wouldn't be buying next to where I live. And I would definitely plan it out. Like right now, 
you know, in our business, we have a plan. We, we put a 10-year plan in place. I would have at least put something in place, at least to the second deal. Is it going to allow me? Um, yeah, that's that's what I probably would have told myself. There's a few there, but yeah. Help you get plan that and be a picture and understand what it, what it really looks like over the longer term. Um, sure. Now, you mentioned some mistakes along the journey and uh, I love people sort of sharing their stories if you're, if you're open to it. Oh, apart from that first one, was there any other mistakes that you have made? And um, it's good that you have sold it because you've acknowledged that it was a mistake and you want to replace it with something a little bit better. But is there anything else you change about your portfolio or how do you feel about sort of your portfolio now sort of moving forward? Uh, my portfolio is strong. It could be a little bit stronger. I'm very um, equity rich. I'm I'm quite, I'm not cash poor, definitely not cash poor, but um. Did you say about another mistake? Was that a, a, the question in there? Another mistake in this portfolio? If there is any, let us know. But no, I think that that first one does cover the mistake side of things. But yeah, if you have any others or if you want to share any other stories, let us know. Yeah, well, I, I guess the, the the big mistake that actually caused me to actually then go into this field was a property that I bought again in Melbourne, um, which that was my fourth property that I bought. Again, it was close to where I lived. I had no idea what I was doing. I just bought the property. Um, and it was when two days before settlement, the broker took off and the pre-approval one sorted. So I was essentially two days away from losing my $60,000 deposit. I had to run around to my very wog family and I had to come up with $360,000 in two days. Um, and that was the actual thing that actually caused me to go, holy shit, I know nothing. I've got four properties. So I've also, I've done okay, but I know jack shit. So from that moment, that was five years ago, I just, we dedicated everything, every second to, to property and then learnt and then, yeah, kind of, that's how we fell into this. And then Frank's kind of got a similar story, but I've made many mistakes, mate. Many mistakes, many, <laughs> many mistakes. Yeah, I'm excited to get Frank in here as well because he's got a, a really cool story and some of those mistakes on the journey as well. But yeah, that's... um. That's crazy. So you didn't have the pre-approval beforehand and then broke and then you had to figure out what you wanted to do. Did you end up financing that property and paying the family back or how did that look? Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up keeping the property, ended up getting all the money back to to the to the family members. Again, my beautiful mum, my uncle. Um and everything was hunky dory, but it was like sleepless nights. Um we kind of constantly talk about it in our marketing and all that property is so easy. It can be so easy. It doesn't have to have sleepless nights like we went through, like Frank's gone through. Um, so I'm very grateful for that because literally our entire business is built up on the fact that no one should have to go through crap property so, so easy and it can be easy. So yeah, everyone got paid back, thankfully. Nice. And you just have to, yeah, you just have to know what you're doing to make it easy and have professionals help you to make it easy. Um, I think so. Yeah. So tell me about so we're at you, you've accumulated a portfolio. By the way, getting to four properties and like still learning the ropes is is so good. And understanding that you need to still learn the ropes is so good because like you, it helps you on that journey. But now we're at six, and you've started the business or started before started the business before six, maybe. But tell yeah. me a little bit about how that all came to fruition. So obviously, you and Frank have got. And for the listeners, Frank is um, Adrian's business partner. So, um, and also 
best friend and has always been sort of best friend. I don't know if they're like your best, best friend, but like they're very close. So, um, and they're both really, really great guys and have really good stories. But tell me a little bit about that journey of coming together, coming together. How did the business come to fruition? What made you guys want to step out and start the business? What does all that time period look like? Yeah, so it was now about two and a half years ago. Um, Frank, unfortunately did lose money. So he he wasn't as lucky as I, he actually lost money. And his story is probably a bit more interesting, probably a bit more aligned to why we actually started the business because he went through a buyer's agent. Um, he bought the flashy off the plan property, property came 60 grand under market value when it came to settle. And he had the decision, he had the decision to lose 50 grand or lose 60 grand of his deposit, or come up with another 60 grand to secure the property. He had to come up with it. Um, so, that from there, again, that was four years ago, longer, kind of at the same time that it happened to me when I almost lost that 60 grand. And from that point, we just kind of went in the same direction. We went to seminars every week, every weekend we went to seminars. We were reading every single book and yeah, we, we, we just kind of changed our life. And then we came across a course, uh, Ben Handler's course. I looked into it. I said, you know what? I'm starting a business. And then I said, Frank, he was in the middle of, he was about to start a business on his own. Um, he's an absolute workhorse and I knew he was, he would be an asset to this business. And I said, Frank, I know this, what you're starting, you were starting a disability business. Um, he's got a big passion for that and he will start it one day at a, dis a disability support business. But I said, put that on hold and come join me and let's do this. And the rest is history. I mean, there was a lot of rocky roads. We had no idea what we're doing, but now two and a half years later, it's really cool to, to remember, I don't remember actually where I was sitting when I called him, and he goes, "Yeah, let's do it." So it's 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 a cool story, at least from my end. I think it's cool. <laughs> nah, it's definitely awesome, and I've had the opportunity to sit down with you both and go through that that story, which is um which is awesome. And I love love his passion for the disability space, and like yeah, his his story is like super heartfelt and emotional. So um I, I do hope that I see him start that business one day and and pursue that passion as well, but. I love that you've both come together through the through your background, through your pain, through that journey of going to seminars and reading books and doing all your learnings to really get where you are. So um it's awesome, mate. It's such a good story to to hear. Um now there's 101 of them out there and everyone's got their sort of the, their favorite, favorite one. But if you had one favorite property one liner, what would it be? One favorite one liner. I'll give you one for right now that I use all the time. And then I'll actually give you my favorite one. Okay. I'll do two for the price of one. <laughs> um, right now, and this is what I'm saying constantly every single day, be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. Now, I know that's a Warren Buffett quote or stocks quote, but I think that's really, really true right now. Um, so many people are scared who have no property or one property or who haven't seen a property cycle or who haven't done the research, they're really, really fearful right now. And um, I constantly am saying that. But my actual favourite one is buy property when you can afford to. Um, like I said, I'm just about to buy two properties now. Regardless of what's happening with interest rates, I can afford to do that. I can afford repayments. And I'm also really looking forward to my property being worth X amount more in five years. So it'd be silly not to, but only because I can afford to. If you can't afford to, don't do it. 
Yes, it's spot on and do your numbers behind the scenes. And like even if the bank tells you that you can you can get the money, that that's great, but do your own sort of personal numbers and say, yeah, can we afford to if interest rates go to X percent? Are we still comfortable to do so? And when you've got the finance, why not go ahead? You know, there's the policy changes all the time, the interest rates change all the time. So you might not be in a position down the line where you can afford to do so. So take advantage of it when you can. And um and, and enjoy that journey. Uh, just make sure that you can afford to, to hold on to it through that through that process. Um, so, mate, it's been unreal as as always. Thanks for um thanks for coming on and sharing a bit of your story and your journey and mistakes. It's not easy for everyone to first of all admit their mistakes and number two recite their mistakes and help other people learn from it. So I really appreciate you you doing so and um. Yeah, keen to keen to get Frank on and, and hear his story and, and how it's been. But um it's always a pleasure catching up and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir.